is Dad at the Movies, a podcast where one aging but lovable old father and his adult daughter challenge each other to watch a movie of his or her choice and then discuss. I'm Dad, and I'm talking to Leah today about her movie pick, Halloween, I guess I should say Halloween 2018. I thought, it's your movie. Why don't you give us the big, uh, the big sweeping overview? Yeah, so today we're covering Halloween. It's technically the 11th installment of the Halloween franchise. It came out on October 19th, 2018. It was directed and written, and I believe produced by David Gordon Green. Don't quote me on that. Um, It was also written with uh, Danny McBride. And it stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Andy Matichik. That's a name I should have looked up before I tried to pronounce. Um, But what can I say? We're very professional around here. So, yes. So if you have any um, familiarity with the Halloween franchise, then you would know that this movie is about Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. That is the... Now protagonist person. that is the protagonist of course my brain is going blank on just yeah. the very rudimentary <laughs> details of this film but michael myers has been imprisoned in a psychiatric um hospital for the past 40 years and laurie strode says that she's been praying for his release every day so that she can kill him and yeah and i guess guess they threw out all the old in everything from the first halloween to this one they threw out all of the backstory and just wipe the slate clean as if only one movie had ever been made. Yes. So um, I've actually been following a series about the Halloween films on a podcast called Pretty Little Podcasters. And oh. You, and they have done this time and time again. The movies are constantly wiping the slate clean. They're constantly rewriting the narrative. There's no real canon in the Halloween franchise. Each movie comes along and it's like, pay no attention to the other movies. We're doing this. So. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of a Doctor Who kind of thing, right? Like, I just think the canon for Doctor Who doesn't exist either. Or if it does, it's just so loosely held that nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to just begrudgingly give me that point so we can move on, aren't you? I think so. I think so. Because, you know, honestly, I'm not a true Whovian. And if I was going to start talking about this, um, I would just constantly be saying, what's his name and that guy and the thing with the thing. So, yeah, we're just going (laughs) to move on. All right. Back to your your overview. Yes. Um, Yeah. So... Essentially, Michael Myers gets out, as he did in the first installment, the original Halloween. He breaks out, and he starts killing people, as he is wont to do. Yes. Yes, he's really wont to do that, it seems like. Uh, well, he wants to do it a whole lot more in this film, it seemed like, uh, than even the original, from my take. Yeah, yeah. The, the body count in this movie is pretty high, Um uh, my family and I, we were going over it, and we figured out that he killed about 15 to 16 people, um, maybe more. It's hard to tell in some of the scenes exactly how many bodies there are, but right. there are quite a few. At yes. the same time, I have to say that compared to other slasher movies, and I am not by any means an expert on that genre of horror films, I feel like the kills are pretty 
mild for the most part. Yeah, I Com- agree. Compared to the last like true slasher film I saw was Scream 4. And I felt that those were a lot more brutal in the way that they exterminated people. So Okay. Mm-hmm. I get that. I think that's probably... Although I, like, I'm with you. I don't watch enough of them to make a comparison. But yeah, I'd say that's... Uh, with, with one glaring exception of that, I would say, yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, I actually looked um, up some articles to sort of prepare for this podcast. And... The director said that that was... Wait a second. You you researched? <laughs> I, um, I, I thought know... we agreed this was totally just going to be flying by the seat of our pants. And, Don't oh, worry. It's, it's not going to show at all. My minimal research is not going to show. Um, uh, but the producer said that that was very intentional. And that was basically, I think he phrased it as his connection with the audience was that he tried to kill people, um, the more likable characters he tried to kill off screen. Oh, um, that's weird. I put in my notes that I thought that was true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is so strange. Yeah, and I did notice that that it seemed the more likable characters were either killed with a quick snap of the neck or yep. were killed off screen if they were killed a little bit more brutally. And it was the douchebags. Who got or or yeah. podcasters? They were either douchebags um, or podcasters. But that I. But if you even if you go back to that scene, the female yeah. the female podcaster who's I think more portrayed likable. to be much more reasonable and likable person, she's killed again with that neck snap. Whereas right. the the boyfriend husband male counterpart is his head's beaten in. Um, yeah. So not good. Not good. Also. I, I was worried that was going to get more graphic than it did. Yes, yes. And they and they did hold off of where they could have logically taken yeah. that. You know, yep. like it was like one step removed from getting just really bad. And yeah, I was happy they stopped where they did. Yes. Um, and now I've told... Oh, I wanted to say, because this is something that I'm always concerned with with horror movies. I want to give you the animal body count. Which is zero. Animal body the count. animal body count is zero. No dogs die in the um, cinematic version of the film. So mm. in the, the-, the theater version, mm. there. What, what about child body count? You got to go there though. I yeah, there is there is one <sighs> <laughs> there is one child death. Again, it is very very brief. But no dogs die. But. Um, that's something that I really noticed was like, okay, there's no arbitrary, uh, we're going to string a dog up. Again, I looked this up and the producer said that, or excuse me, director said that there was a dog death scene filmed, but it was excluded simply simply for time, simply for just the flow of the movie. So we wow. left out there. Okay, okay. Hey, one little bit of research that I did was that it hit me that when I saw the original movie that I thought at the time it was just a a uniquely well-made, low-budget film. And I went back to check, and yeah, it really was low-budget, yes. the original. $300,000, yeah. I think, was their total total budget. Shot it in 20 days, I'm going to say. So yeah, totally different yeah. scope. Well, actually, I looked up the cost of this film. This film was made for $10 million dollars. That's that's not very huge today, right? 
Or is no, it? not at all. Very low budget film. Um, you know that Jamie Lee Curtis must have gotten like she's getting a, a big cut of the profits. Right. I have to assume because ten million dollars. That's not even going to get Jamie Lee Curtis in your film. Um, yeah. Especially she's I think the only real known you know commodity in this film. There's also um, Judy Greer who um, is a very well known character actress. She actually yes. wrote. She wrote a book, I believe it's called, uh, like, That Lady from That One Thing um, is the name Uh, of her book. Something like that. Um, Just kind of acknowledging that she is that kind of actress. We're like, oh, I know you from something, but I may not be able to... To track that down, so. And and Will Patton, and I bet people don't know that name either, but the okay. guy that played um, Officer something or other, the sh- basically the sheriff. Yes. He's a very mm-hmm. likable character actor. Um, he was in Falling Skies. That's where I remember him from, which was okay. a sci- sci-fi kind of thing on Amazon. But um, yeah, he's just a like one of those likable kinds of characters. He he yes. also, by the way, was killed in a spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. I think we should just say that this whole thing is a spoiler. Absolutely. If you've Sorry. Not seen it. Yeah. There are spoilers galore. We're not trying in any way to make this spoiler free. Um, that is one of those things that I noticed from the, like the very beginning of the film when he came on screen. I thought, oh, you are going to die because <laughs> you are mortal. You yeah. are a very mortal character yes. and you're a very yep. vulnerable character. And, and, the, and you seem like the likable guy that has to die, right? Well, you have to understand, Michael Myers is not mortal. Right. He Now, Michael Myers, I figured out, is, is exactly as old as you. He is uh-huh. um, yes. approximately like 61 years old. Oh, yeah. So let's put that in perspective. You are also a 61-year-old man. Uh, you're pretty mortal. You're pretty vulnerable at this point. Let's at, at just this say point. my killing days are over. <laughs> I'm I haven't killed in years. <laughs> somebody could just give you kind of probably like a, a hard shin kick, and you'd be out of the <laughs> you'd be out of the game. So yeah, if yeah, we that put name, that in perspective, can I can I jump derail yes. you just to say that the whole Michael Myers thing that you know they never really seem to even try to explain explain how it is this guy does and i know they erased all those in between movies to the story right. but but even with the first movie it's like this guy doesn't he lived through being shot with a 357 magnum multiple times and right. stabbed it's like nobody tries to oh it's just that you know you remember that guy that killed all those people Hey, how about the guy that killed all those people and then was killed multiple times? That would seem like the thing they would talk right. about, but they don't mention that. Right, and I think that in this film they only really give you um, those secondhand quotes from Loomis, which is that he is pure evil. Yes, that mm-hmm. he is just something um, that <coughs> is again is not mortal. So. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that I took my little brother to see this? And by little brother, I mean, you know, like I, I had like a fiduciary responsibility because it wasn't an actual brother. It was my little brother for big brother's sister and big sisters. And I, I took him to that at the age of, I think, 12. Yes. Um, scarred, scarred him for life, I'm sure. Um, um, yes. And if we're, if we're going to go there, he actually did end up killing someone if I'm not. Yeah, well, he did go to he did go to prison for 
hurting someone. I don't think it. I think it was assault and nearly killing someone. Okay. I don't. I, I don't know. The but. point being that I probably should not have taken my thirteen-year-old to this film, but exactly. But I yeah. did. Um, yeah. I did, and I kept telling her to close her eyes, and she was just like, "Okay." <laughs> like, all right, mom, maybe you should close your eyes because I'm not that bothered by this. So she was she wasn't bothered. No, by it? she was actually pretty bothered. I should okay. say that. But okay, yeah. She's seen a that lot would... of horror films, so it se- it seemed to me like the kind of movie that would bother uh, Maris more. Just I, I, you know, more than spooky things. I think spooky things are what usually get to me. Stuff like this uh, doesn't seem to affect me very much. So I just thought, yeah, yeah that's probably going to get to her. I yeah. I have to, I have to say I'm in the same boat whereas supernatural paranormal stuff really bothers me and a film like this I'm very it's very easy to just I don't know fall asleep afterwards which is kind mm-hmm. of stupid because people who have actually been killed by serial killers um that's a lot bigger than people who've actually been killed by ghosts so yes the the, the body count for ghosts so far is uh <laughs> is indeterminate but very but very low and you know no matter yeah. what credit you give them so yeah yeah i always see how I, that's why are we afraid of ghosts i mean who's ever heard of somebody having the ghost actually kill them like well, at some point i just i know it wouldn't probably work this way for me because of my my basic you know i'd probably just drop dead of a heart attack but like a ghost i would think i would just like uh it, it it would just be like ah I'm scaring you ah yeah and yeah then that I'd would be like yes I'm scared and then they'd be like ah and I'd be like <laughs> okay now what and then nothing happens so but I'm yeah. still scared much more than somebody with a literal ability to kill me that's standing yeah. there I, I don't get that but can I can I talk to you comparisons yes. mm-hmm. comparisons between the two movies so like I thought they were very I thought there was an attempt to make them to be similar mm-hmm. but yet some unavoidable differences. Okay. Like in the original movie, I thought that the tone of the original was all dark. Yes. Uh, very frightening. Uh, kept you on the constant edge of your seat, sort of pushing claustrophobic, kept it claustrophobic. Yes. Maybe because of the total amount of sets they had available to them for the cost mm-hmm. that, you know, what they made it for. But yeah, l- much more limited number of people. Um, so maybe you got invested more in the people. And I'm not the first person to say this, but this movie was spread out. It was spread out among many more people that you got to know, many more different locations. And there was something about his killing in this movie that I thought lost impact really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like he just kept yes. just showing up, killing people just right and left, and it just didn't build. Right. Except for the scene with the babysitter. Up to that point, it was like almost every scene right. uh, was just so matter of fact that you were already used to the whole thing and it and it didn't affect you. What Is I that- would say, I would agree. I think that he suffers from the same thing that um, zombies suffer from yes. in that he it's is so dead. slow. It's like all you have to do is maintain maybe a, a 4.5 treadmill pace yeah. And and there's no danger. <laughs> you're right. you're just right. keep moving. Just yes. keep moving. You're fine. Yeah. Um yeah. I thought though I, you were going to say though that he suffered that the movie suffered from what The Walking Dead suffers from, which is when you first watch The Walking Dead, it's shocking. 
and brutal. And then, but after a while, there's just the body count and the, the way characters get killed off. It's like, well, I was going to care about that person, but it's Walking Dead, so I'm not going to care about them. Like, you stop uh, even investing because yeah. you know mm-hmm. they're going to die. Does that yeah, make sense? I can, yes, I can see that. What I thought some of the most effective scenes as far as like the fear factor is concerned were some of those that were, I think the most original to the first film when you are looking into that house on Halloween night and the lady is on the phone and she's like, Oh, thank you for telling me I'll lock the doors right now. And you're looking into that big plate glass window Oh yeah. and you go, Oh no. Like you're, you're again, you're so vulnerable and mm-hmm. even if you do lock all the doors, honey, you <laughs> all he has to do is just punch his fist through the window and he's got you. Like Right. There is that fishbowl quality to it. And I think I think that was so similar to the first film and the, that's the scariest part is the idea that we all are so vulnerable because yeah. we, again, we can have security systems, we can lock our doors. And it, it really only takes some crazy man. It just takes one supernatural, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, or immortal even, killer. And even, yeah. We're all dead. Yeah. Yes. Or even not so supernatural killer, but. So I thought there were a few things that were obviously <clears throat> in, almost intentionally. I mean, if you're if a you're fan of movies, you see these things. But there's yep. some, some things that were just projected and you could see them coming. Like I found myself at one point going, okay, and you shouldn't be able to do this in the middle of a film. But I'm like, okay, so Jamie Lee Curtis is going to have to be plausibly killed. She's going to have to be a Schrodinger Curtis where she could either be dead or she could either be alive mm-hmm. such that she can come back and kill Michael right. at the end. But there has to be that moment where you sort of quasi think maybe she's she's dead. And then there was that moment that followed yes. that shortly after. Yes. And I don't know. I laughed out loud when I saw it just because, hey, hey, you know, because yep. yeah, what an homage to the original. Yes. And then, and then somebody a few moments later laughed behind me. Mm-hmm. And then, then the whole theater broke out in applause. And I'm like, yes. you guys are a little slow on the uptake there. Like, Come on, <laughs> well, man. That was... <laughs> Dad, not, not everybody has a minor in film from a prestigious Ball State University. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, where she gets tossed off out of the second story window. She lands on the ground, and then it flashes back, and she's not there. And that yeah. is the, the homage to the first film where I believe it's Michael Myers where that happens. And I was just like, yes. Because it's <laughs> like you realize you realize in that moment that yeah. she isn't Sarah Connors. She's actually right. the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, it, it flips the script. Yeah. I didn't real. I went back and watched the end of the original just, mm-hmm. just for um, perspective to refresh my memory. And I didn't remember that um, – I, I guess, you know, I guess it didn't make that much of an impact, but she was in a closet in the closing scene. She she goes and hides and screams in a closet. And of course, he, she's tracking him down at the end mm-hmm. and he's hiding in the closet or presumed to be hiding yeah. in the closet. So yeah, it's that full, I don't, what, what do you think the reversal was even for? What, what were they trying to say? Was this... Was this kind of a girl power thing, kind of intentionally maybe? Well, like, oh, women are, are can be predators too? I, I don't know. I was trying to figure out what they were going for. 
I definitely think that that is a factor. I went back and I, again, I looked at who wrote the film. Um, it is all men. Yeah. Ironically, mostly comedy writers actually wrote uh-huh. this film. Um, Danny like McBride. Exactly, guy, right? exactly. Uh, David, <laughs> I keep getting his name wrong, which is sad because it's a simple name, but David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were like the two uh, chief writers. And then um, also uh, Jeff Fradley, or Fradley, I'm guessing Fradley. But um, yeah, so they, they were comedy writers. And again, they're all male. So yeah. I guess you have to put, <laughs> well, you have to put that in perspective, right? That um, right. you can have a film that's that's feminist at the same time written by men. But I yeah. thought that was, that was definitely present. And I loved, yeah. I loved that scene at the end Um Partially because I am the mother of a teenage daughter, yeah. And Judy Greer's character, who is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's or Laurie Strode's daughter, is a therapist, and is right. she's uh, you know kind of a little bit of a I don't know she's I guess the hippie <laughs> um, yeah. for lack of any you know uh, another way to phrase it, but um, when she she's is like Sarah. You said Sarah Connors earlier. She's like Sarah Connors. At, you know, after the original Terminator, oh, yeah, no, she's had yes, yes, Jamie Lee Curtis, to... Laurie Strode is definitely Sarah Connors, and yeah. and Judy Greer is the daughter who does not believe her. But I loved right. the part at the end where she's got the shotgun and she's crying and she's like, "Oh, I can't do it." And I'm like, "Oh, my, I don't." Know. I'm like, "Cause I'm <laughs> yes, in that moment. Right. I'm so angry." And I'm like, "Oh, you have your teenage daughter, like." You I can do anything. Coming, I have to tell you. Oh, and then when she shoots him and is, I, I do gotcha not remember. Sucker, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was just, that was definitely, I think, a very feminist moment in just yeah. that it's like, if you are a mother, it doesn't really matter what your beliefs are or your background is, like, you will do anything to save your kids. Yes. And I yeah. thought that's where, I thought that's where their strength came from. Yeah. Both. Laurie Strode and her daughter, their strength came from protecting their daughters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get to the end of the movie, I, I, just a couple things that I wanted to bring up, just sort of uh, things that people might want to know. Uh, lots of bad language, um, which was used for humor. And I hate when they do this, but they put they put bad words in the mouth of chil- mouths of children because it's funnier than when you have the little black boys say you know bubbly blah and you're like oh i hate i just i mean there was comic relief and he was very funny Mm -hmm. but i hated that they have to resort to that i did i did appreciate the fact there was like no nudity except that brief um there was that brief flashback to the original movie which strangely had a now that i look back i mean it had a fair amount of of sort of upper body stuff and this this movie was void of that, which I'm... Yeah. There was not a lot of gratuitous sexuality in this film. Um, Right. That was the other thing. I don't think this film was necessarily made for teenagers in the same way that the original Halloween, I think, was made for teenagers. I think this was a more of a horror film for adults. For the people Um, that watched the original, almost. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, the young... Uh, African-American child who took sort of was a, a steen sealer uh, uh, steen sealer steen stealer <laughs> his <laughs> he, name uh, yeah his character name was Julian 
Yeah. Okay. So Julian, yes. um, being babysat by by the, the one of the victims, of course, because every babysitter in any movie like this is always going to die. That's yeah. just like that's an unwritten rule, or probably is a written rule. But um, you know, there's this necessity in Hollywood that you have to have the African American character be sort of smarter. Right. On when it when it comes to like they're they're more prescient about what's really going down. Like it's it's the white dummies that go in and do right. the exact wrong thing. But this yep. kid's like he the funniest line probably when he it's at a moment when some the people are dying like the girl's yeah. being killed and yep. her boyfriend's about to be killed yeah. and the little boy Julian comes downstairs and he looks at this this uh, young white teenager and says you know sorry whatever your name is but you're gonna die up there. You yeah, know, and I thought. That's the old, that's well, the old shtick, right? I think though, if you think about it, um, sorry, I'm going to take this a little bit political, but if you think about what it means to be African American in the United States, you have to be a little bit more streetwise. You have to be have your eyes open. You don't go around with maybe the privilege of thinking that everybody's on your side and everything's going to end up hunky dory. Like you have yeah. to be a little aware, I think. Yeah, I guess so. And and, and it's also been a shtick with um, some stand-up comedians uh, that have made the, this sort of observational humor right. too. Um, so yeah. So what's interesting I, I, but that too was very funny. is that both um, that character, Julian, and the, the little boy who's driving in the truck with his dad at the beginning of the film, both of those um, actors, that was their first role in a film. Really? And wow. both of those scenes were heavily ad-libbed. Really? So, yeah. Well yeah. done. I, well yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So you liked the ending. You actually, in, you, you, you thought it was a good ending. Um, y- yes, in that it gave you the feels, you know, you could sort of feel in that moment like, yeah, they kicked his ass while at the same time knowing he is still totally alive. He's 100% yeah. alive uh, and yeah. everybody is dead. Um, but yeah, I did, I did enjoy the film in that sense that we got that like little sliver of triumph, if you want to say kind of a happy ending. Yes. It was more of a happy ending than a typical type of movie like this, more so than the original and any, really any kind like this. You're always supposed to be left with this just sort of jarred feeling like, oh, it's all awful. But this was sort of like you say, there was sort of a, a a quote unquote happy ending. I thought, um, I mean, I thought it was an enjoyable movie, and uh, you know, like it, it, I fit it into the kind of mid-range of movies where it's like junk food. Um, I, right. I, I, have my, I have my own little rating system, and somewhere near the middle, you get to junk food, where it's like, oh yeah, I'll totally eat that, and I'll never think another thought about it until you know, until it comes back right. a little bit. Then I kind of, right. yeah, maybe I shouldn't have. Um, yeah. that's kind of where I would put right. this. It doesn't really rise to the level of real serious entertainment for me, but, um, but yeah, I thought the ending was satisfying, but at the same time, it, how can that, how can that be a little satisfying, but also a little bit of a dud, hmm. like, like you could have had the same satisfaction, but just have built it a little better, made it more, a little effective, like reached the same ending with the three of the women triumphant, but there was something very slow. Like, okay, so the original, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it builds, 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 builds. Oh no, he's alive! Oh no, he's gonna kill her! He's gonna kill her! Oh no! And then Donald Pleasance walk, you know, boom, right. boom, 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 and you're like, oh yes! And then, the, then you have the horrible, oh he's still alive moment, right? Mm-hmm. 
But with with this one, um, it 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 took it seemed like it took so long to slowly show you like okay he's locked into the basement oh the three women are standing upstairs yeah. oh we're gonna go yep. and show every flame right. coming on in every part of the you so, know oh, and then the thing blows up eventually and ca- yes. but it's like it just was slowly drawn out and it didn't have that punch so it almost would have been more effective in your opinion if. Um, Karen, the daughter, had simply just blown his head off in that yes. moment where she yeah. just was like, ha ha, sucker. Yeah. They wanted that moment where all three women, all three generations together were standing there in that sort of triumphant moment. And I get right. that. But like even even when he was grabbing her foot, it's like it wasn't it, it wasn't giving you quite that build of anxiety. Like, oh, crap, this is really mm-hmm. going to go sideways. Right. You were just like, oh, no, they're totally going to get it him. Was... And it, you, yeah. It was a very, I found the foot scene to be kind of, as you said, just a little low energy. This is a man who could have easily just ripped her leg right off. I mean, that's what they've shown us the rest of this film is that this is a man who, if he has your foot, dude, you're dead. Like, he's just going to rip your leg off. You're going to just bleed everywhere. Um, But it was more like they just sort of all grabbed her and she just kind of like, oh. And, and then suddenly he, it, she was shook loose. I mean, it, it's like the rules of uh, <laughs> ghosts and bed covers, right? It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Ghosts should be able to do a whole lot more, but man, you got your covers pulled up. They're just like it, it, you know, you're invincible. It's kind of like, oh well, if they grab your foot, if you still got one foot left to to wrangle around and kick them a little bit, you're <laughs> probably yeah. be okay. I have yeah. to though disagree with you on the level of um, where you kind of were putting this film in entertainment. I thought oh, okay. From the very beginning of the film where, you know, they're out on that yard and they're saying, don't, you're not going to, don't cross the line. I was hooked from that moment. Um, And I think it's interesting that this film was written and directed by people who were not horror heads. These are people who have not previously done horror. And I felt like there are so many films that are so concerned with hitting all the beats of the horror genre and hitting every trope and every jump scare that they don't, they're not actually making a good film. Whereas I felt like this, this film I felt was like it approached as a good film first and then, then a horror film. Yeah. I thought the, I thought the cinema, (laughs) cinema photography, I can't say words, um, was excellent. I thought, yeah. That each character, um, my my daughter was like, oh, I, I was so, you know, it sucked because I liked all these characters and then they died. And I was like, well, that shows how much care was, was put into each character. Like, I felt like every character that was in the film was given a backstory. Like, yeah. All, even enough there's this, to make you actually care, though. I mean, like, did you literally really to, care enough? To a certain extent, yes. I thought even there's a scene where there are two adults and they're going out to their car and the one's dressed up as the, you know, quintessential sexy nurse and the other one is a doctor. And he's talking about his stethoscope and he has to go back in to get his stethoscope. And it's this like little throwaway scene. And I thought there was so much in that that scene because she's looking at Michael Myers and she just has this look of like, oh, (laughs) like you're giving me the heebie-jeebies. Like something is off here. Yeah. And I, I just felt yeah. like there's so many horror films where nobody's likable. Like, the dialogue is trash. You don't care. You're like, 
Right. Uh, please, somebody kill this character so that they can just get yeah. off the screen. And I felt like this one was was different in that way. But They at least made the attempt. I will say that. You're yeah. right. Um, and again, I, I kind of like, at the end of the day, I look at it and I go, well, what do I expect from this type of movie? It, it is, after all, kind of a slasher movie. So... I don't know if I can really ask it to be anything more than that or to, to – I just don't think you're ever going to say – I mean some people are willing. They're, they're willing to look at the original and say, oh, it's like and – they, and they put it so high. And I, I think, no, the original Halloween was brilliant for its genre, but um, yeah. For, for being innovative probably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you can give it credit for a lot of different things, but it's a great movie? No, I mean I, I can't give it that. So so in the same light, like I think people are being – some people that really love the original are just trashing this. I saw a guy really? that ranked – I saw a guy that loved, loved, loved it, watched, has watched it 10 times, watched every sequel – and he ranks it at number seven on his list. So he, yeah, he really did not like it. I like it. I would put this film, believe it or not, Heresy of Heresies, I would put this film above the original Halloween for me as far as just personal enjoyment. Yeah, um, okay. I saw the first Halloween a few years ago, and for me it was pretty forgettable. Um, okay. I, right. I know that's crazy. And if I had seen it in 1978, um, which would have been impossible because I – had yet to be born um yeah. but had i seen it i i could feel differently about it um if you could have reincarnated donald pleasance and brought him back into this film mm-hmm. it, it it might have been able to do that for me as well but um yeah i think that's you know like when i remember the original it's it's the role of donald pleasance in that like he just he was just such a to me such a good character actor and like even going back and watching that end of it again, it's like, oh, yeah, he was so good. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of the day. We liked it, I guess. We gave it uh, <laughs> some my good review. By the way, I watched this in a crowded movie theater. I this, as well. Something happened last night at the movie theater um, that I have not experienced since I was a child in a movie theater because of how, how full it was. Um, well, first of all, I had to smell a lot of people. Um, it was <laughs> was intensely smelly in that uh, place, but uh, and noisy. Of course, she just took that in with it. But um, but literally, somebody uh, came in and said to somebody, "Will you move down one so that we can sit in this spot?" You know, right. it's like when do you normally have to do that in a theater? It almost like that just never happens anymore. Yeah, we went to the theater um, at one of the places where you you know you pre buy your tickets that each seat is assigned, and so we actually had to see the film from the second row, which I yeah. have not done um, in a very very long time. And we sat next to four very vocal teenagers, um, which I didn't mind actually. I don't mind people being vocal when it sort of fits into the energy of the film. And then that got exactly. me vocal because in the one scene with, with Julian where the babysitter's getting killed, I was just yelling, run, run. Like, little <laughs> kid, don't don't stay. Don't be a hero. You just run. So right. I never thought he was going to get it. I just I never was, thought he was going to get it. I was pr- praying that he would not. And I, uh, to again, circle back to the film, there's that one scene where Michael Myers is standing over an infant and I felt like the the film was saying, you know, how far are we going to take this? And they were they right. were kind of 
they're saying how far as an audience are you willing to go um but there's that element of fate with michael myers too that sure whether it's random or whether it's um premeditated that's always the question with him so right yeah exactly well, um, I've got nothing more to say, and we've no. we've burned burned through a good amount of time here. Do we have yes. an official way of ending this podcast? Maybe we should start thinking about that. Like, it should be like we, some big. We probably sign should. Off. Um, should. I, or we could just I, say. Did well, you just hiccup? Did, what what I, just happened? I did not. Oh, it must be a sound thing on my end. It sounded like you kind of hiccuped. I thought that's a I, way of ending. Just, yeah. just a just a go. Yeah.